Welcome to GW Hospital HealthCast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith, and today's topic is pancreatic cancer. My guest is Dr. Lint Johnson. Dr. Johnson is the Executive Director for the Liver and Pancreas Institute for Quality and is a member of the medical staff at the George Washington University Hospital. Dr. Johnson, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Well, uh, thanks for having me. Sure. So this is obviously, a, um, you know, anytime we talk about cancer, right, that scares a lot of people and, 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 and we understand that rightly so. And pancreatic cancer is one, I think, that has been in the media. Uh, we've seen um, celebrities seemingly healthy. All of a sudden they're diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and it seems that um, the disease takes its course pretty quickly. So I think this is a, a, an important topic uh, to discuss with the general public. Dr. Johnson, what is the prevalence of pancreatic cancer? So in the United States, there are about 30,000 uh, new cases of uh, pancreatic cancer uh, each year. Uh, and pancreatic cancer uh, is seen most often in Western countries, uh, more so than, than Eastern countries. And, and much of that is felt to be uh, uh, associated with our, our dietary and consumption uh, 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 tendencies here in the in the west so that's interesting right so is does the research point to any sort of food group that we're eating too much is it linked more to sugars to fats is it just overconsumption? we know that in this country um you know with all the processed foods the the fast food restaurants right. we kind of we kind of call it um overfed and undernourished is it simply just that or is there <laughs> some specific risk there for a food group no, no one really knows uh, a specific uh, risk factor. Uh, uh, what we, you know, what we do know is that, uh, you know, our 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 typical diet is very different than than uh, than than Eastern countries, and the prevalence is is much higher in in Western style countries. There have been some reports, although not uh, substantiated, about. Uh, uh, Risk uh, related to uh, sodas and diet sodas, in particular, in in animals. But uh, I would uh, you know, say that none of those have been substantiated to the fact that, uh, to the extent that that we think that there is uh, true evidence that there's an association there. Right, right. But we know there's a difference, basically, a basic difference between how people eat in the East versus how we eat in the West. And so there's something that is playing a role and. Um, so and so, we just need to maybe focus on less food, less processed food, right, and and just more fresh yeah. fruits and vegetables. It is interesting, Doctor Johnson. Why is it that you know because pancreatic cancer has has been in the media um, mostly because certain uh, a couple of celebrities in the recent past have have unfortunately died uh, because of the disease, and and it does seem to occur in people that. We appeared healthy, and and then all of a sudden, very quickly, they succumb to the disease. Why is that? Well, you know the 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 difficulty in uh, diagnosing pancreatic cancer is is extremely uh, challenging, and and most patients don't have symptoms until the disease is fairly advanced, uh, and therefore, uh, when patients uh, get diagnosed, many of them have uh, progressed beyond. Uh, what you know can be a curative uh, treatment for their uh, cancers, and 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 that's part of the challenge. Additionally, unlike almost every other cancer over the last forty to fifty years, where the survival statistics have improved over those decades, uh, 
pancreatic cancer still remains very dismal in terms of the overall survival rates, and the rates have not changed over those 40 to 50 years. Is that simply because we're diagnosing the cancer in late stages? Uh, it's a combination. We, we still are uh, diagnosing them very late, but we also have not made uh, much advance in terms of, of, of chemotherapy or, uh, or other uh, non-surgical therapies for, for patients with advanced disease. And some of that has to do with the, the, the fact that unlike a lot of cancers where they have a very healthy blood supply to it, uh, pancreatic cancer in particular is a cancer that, that, that lives in a, a, a kind of a hypoxic or non-blood uh, uh, supply environment so that it's much harder to get uh, sy- systemic therapies into the, into the tumor to get a response. But only about no, 10% ahead. of all patients who have pancreatic cancer are eligible for, uh, for surgery, which is the only uh, known curative uh, treatment for, uh, for pancreatic cancer. So by and large, the majority of patients uh, are patients who uh, rely on other therapies, and, and those therapies generally include radiation treatment and chemotherapy. Okay, and I want to get into to why so few people are um, candidates for for surgery. And I know also um, this is kind of your area of expertise. There are some um, innovations, surgically speaking, for for the treatment of pancreatic cancer. But before we do that, I want to back up just for a moment and talk about symptoms. Um, you know, knowing that a lot of people don't even realize they have it, maybe a year or so goes by and all of a sudden, boom, they're hit hard with symptoms. Are there, are there early symptoms, though, we should pay attention to? And if so, when then should we seek the, the, you know, the help of a doctor? Well, I think in terms of early symptoms, uh, certainly any uh, unexpected uh, weight loss, uh, poor appetite, uh, uh, or things that you know should uh, trigger uh, some investigation. When patients develop pain per se, generally um, and and usually it's uh, not abdominal pain, but actually back pain because the pancreas lies across the uh, the vertebral column or or the backbone, and the nerves along there are what can get trapped in the tumor and cause this back pain. Generally, at that point, is 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 more advanced. The most common symptoms that patients have is jaundice, which is a yellowing uh, that oftentimes is seen in the in the eyes or in the sclera, the white part of the eyes. They can uh, also see a darkening of their urine, almost a Coca-Cola colored urine, and their stools become very light. And that's all because the tumor blocks the bile duct, which drains bile out of the liver uh, into the uh, into the intestines. And that's the most common symptom that patients present with. So let's talk about treatment now. You had mentioned that very few patients are candidates for um, surgery. And why, why is that? Well, uh, the, the, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, patients uh, can present uh, uh, with what we call metastatic disease. That is, the cancer is already spread from the pancreas into other organs. And the most common organs that it generally spreads to is the liver. And so if the tumor has gone outside of the local area of the pancreas, then surgery is not beneficial for those patients. There, however, is another group of patients that have locally dominant disease, that is the uh, cancer that is just confined within the 
pancreas, and generally we're uh, uh, in the uh, speaking about the head of the pancreas in regards to the difficulty in surgery. And the problem in those patients oftentimes is the tumor has infiltrated around blood vessels that that are uh, go underneath the pancreas and supply blood to and from the small intestine. And if those blood vessels are encased or the tumor has wrapped itself around that, then that makes surgery extremely uh, challenging and extremely difficult. We uh, and uh, and a few others uh, have developed a technique of treating many of these patients with this blood vessel involvement uh, with initially with chemotherapy and radiation and then later on uh, going in a few months later and taking out the entire pancreas and taking out those parts of the blood vessels and then reconnecting them so that the intestines remain uh, viable. And uh, early data, a lot of it from uh, European countries have shown that the success uh, rate of doing that uh, complex surgery is no different than doing the primary treatment or the primary surgery for pancreatic cancer in the head, which is called the Whipple procedure. So doing that uh, with or without the blood vessel involvement uh, seems to give you the same uh, results. And so we have been offering that to patients over the last couple of years. So in summary, Dr. Jensen, what would you like people to know about pancreatic cancer? First of all, it is a it is a very tough uh, cancer, but uh, there there is hope uh, through uh, certainly surgery uh, to cure a small percentage of patients. Additionally, there are a lot of a number of new therapies that are coming down the pike uh, in terms of, uh, uh, of, of of treatments that are currently in what we call clinical trials that are being tested that I think will allow patients to. Uh, to have a better outcome as we go in the future. Uh, some of these therapies may include uh, treatments that allow your own immune system to attack the, the cancer uh, and provide a, a durable and long-term uh, response uh, so that patients can live along with their cancer as opposed to die from their cancer. And we're hopeful that those results will be available within the next three to five years. Well, Dr. Johnson, I'm going to thank you for the work that you're doing, and thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to GW Hospital HealthCast with the George Washington University Hospital. For more information, you go to gwhospital.com. That's gwhospital.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of the George Washington University Hospital. The hospital should not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.